Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Redemption Unscripted podcast. My name is Gary, I'm the Worship Arts Director here at Redemption Chapel. And with me today is our lead pastor, Rick McKee. How you doing? Fine, thank you. Good, glad to be here. And we also have Austin, who is our associate pastor. How you doing, Austin? I'm doing well. Doing well. Glad to be here. Well, guys, I've got a light topic for you today, and <laughs> I, I think this will be a, you know, the, the, this, this doesn't normally ruffle feathers, but today we're going to talk about politics. And uh, as you know, that... I'm being sarcastic, and <laughs> that can very much ruffle feathers. Um, but uh, we're excited to talk about this. I think it's important to talk about this. And as church leaders, and as we lead a church of of Christians, and and how do we deal with this this uh, this topic? So, what do you guys think? <laughs> well, they say, you know, what? You, how's the phrase go? That you're not supposed to talk about religion or politics. And so let's just mash them together and have at it, right? Uh, and as we get into this topic, uh, now, Gary, it's a pleasure to have you. You know, we love you. You're such an asset to our church. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, basically taking over Austin's position, who usually hosts. Austin, we've done that. We've knocked you off the host position. You're on another mic this time. Uh, and that's because you chose the topic. Yeah, yeah I've been, it's been a pleasure to see you kind of giving leadership to the podcast. So you've chosen the topic and chosen to remove yourself from the host mic, which means something is on your mind or your heart. What is that? Yeah, for me, I mean, a lot of it goes back to my background. So and a lot of people listen to this know, but if you don't, I mean, I grew up in North Carolina and kind of the you know the South and in a very traditional church culture. And one of the things I saw early on in my own family and in my church uh, community was just this mixing of faith and politics uh, to the point it wasn't healthy, like it was unhealthy in my opinion, looking back obviously. And it was it was just a weird mix. And it, and it kind of, as a young person, even before I became a Christian and after, it really turned me off to, to engaging in politics to the point I went to the other extreme or some Christians go of, Okay, I have my faith, but my politics are over there, and they never touch. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no engagement between those two, and, and I've found myself there. And I think recently the Lord's really been convicting me of, of finding that balance of I, I can't tie them too close together because they are different, but I can't keep them 100% separate either. And so finding that balance of how as a believer, do I have views of politics and how do I gauge in politics in a way that is consistent with my faith. And so it's, I've been kind of studying and reading this area. I'm just excited to hear your thoughts and bounce some ideas off you and for people to hear. Right on. So what, what didn't, growing up, they were way too intertwined. Yes. What, what did that feel like? What did, did that look like? Yeah, it was uh, very much, um, you know, it was, it was hard to tell when people were just being very patriotic of their country and being, in love with Jesus. It was almost like you couldn't have, you had to have both. Like, you know, on 4th of July, you are around 4th of July. You don't just go to church and celebrate Jesus. You also celebrate America at the same time. And it just felt Mm -hmm. so tied together like that. ah, I just didn't feel right. And I saw, I saw a lot of people burned by it. and, And just some of the tone of people in that category was just 
it was hurtful for me as a young Christian and, and yeah, unfortunately pushed me away to the point of, I think I went to the other extreme, which isn't helpful either of, of total separation. Well, and as we talk about Christianity and politics here, we might get into Christianity and patriotism. And I've done a video about that. I've got some ideas and thoughts I can share there. But before we move too much further down the road, Gary, your, your background is actually, I believe, somewhat similar to Austin's in that you've experienced that, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, it, it was kind of a, I don't even know if we can say it was unsaid or unofficial or anything like that. It was like very, pretty bold. Like, <laughs> very official. Yeah, it was yeah. said in my <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was, it was almost like a doctrine in a, in a yeah. way. Um, but I remember uh, in my, one of my first churches, there was a Bible study going on, and a lady actually asked, she said, I know it's in the Bible somewhere. But I can't remember what the verse is. But where where is it? Where's that verse that says you you're supposed to be a Republican uh, to be a Christian? And uh, we all just kind of <laughs> looked at her. <laughs> are, are, are you serious? <laughs> and she was sadly. So I think yeah, it can be intertwined and and very much indoctrinated too, for sure. Yeah. And is she still looking for the verse? Still trying to find it? I, th- I think somebody helped okay. her out. With okay. That. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, you know, we talk about politics. And uh, obviously, for the most part, we when we see the polarization, it's two sides. You know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. there can be two camps, if you will. So let me ask you guys, wh- which camp does Jesus fit into? Yes. So you either have to go with both or neither. Uh, but uh, and there's a sense in which I think both of those answers are correct. I think you find aspects of Christ's heart in both camps, uh, and you find uh, aspects devoid of Christ's heart in both camp, uh, both camps. And so, one of the things we're blessed with at Redemption Chapel is we have people on both sides of the political spectrum. I guess if it's a spectrum, there's not sides, but both sides of the aisle. Uh, all along the spectrum, that call Redemption Chapel home. And I love that. I think it's appropriate because we are united not under a president. We're united under a king, King Jesus. And so one of my suppositions is that when we are in the church building, this is like an embassy and that it is uh, not American soil. It's foreign soil. It's kingdom soil. And we gather here, and and the kingdom of God is broad. It it passes beyond national borders. And so the Christianity is not an American thing. And if it's not an American thing, then it's real hard to call it a Republican thing or a Democrat thing. And so uh, we, I think we see part of Christ's heart along the political spectrum, and that's, I think, why we find believers who are in both camps, and I love that both of them comfortably call this place home. And it's fun, because sometimes I know, sometimes they don't know each other, but I can look <laughs> out from the pulpit, and I know them, and I see them sitting next to each other, worshiping Jesus, and I love it. Yeah, and I heard Andy Stanley a while back did a sermon series on some of the same things, and he he said a great, made a great point that he was like, you know, I can preach a sermon that pleases both sides because mm-hmm. both sides, you know, if if they're Christ followers, they they go to Scripture and they and they see things that that can fit in both, like you said, but um, but there is just a lot of polarization on both sides of that. So, well, and I've never met. 
Stanley personally, but from what I've heard from him, I imagine he would agree with this. So I don't mean this as a diss towards him at all, but I would add to what he said. I'd better preach a sermon that doesn't please both sides. I'd better preach a sermon that challenges both sides uh, because my task as a preacher is not just to please people, but to challenge them from the word. And so I imagine Stanley would agree with that. But, but yeah, our, and, and therefore the Christian message does challenge both sides. Yeah, and Rick, one of the things I know you and I were chatting about yesterday, I think, when we were talking about this topic was just how um, there's there's been, in both sides, whatever camp you're in, there's things that they do do well in the sense of pointing towards Christ's heart of things. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get in, you know, if you're on the right, there's sanctity of life and there's, you know, we how, where we, how we view marriage and all mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's great stuff that we stand with, but you can go to the other side and find you know, a love for the poor and serving those poor and, and social justice. So in both camps, you see Christ come out. Absolutely. And we, our heritage uh, here at Redemption Chapel very much comes from white Protestant evangelical Christianity, which tends to be more conservative and therefore more Republican. And so because of that, there can be a presumption in a lot of our congregation, basically what you experienced, Gary, in your first church from that lady's comment, there can be a presumption that Jesus is a Republican. At the same time, in our church, we have a huge heart for racial reconciliation. And so we engage with other African, mostly predominantly African-American churches, one in particular, uh, we love SPAN. And, and as we interact with a lot of our uh, brothers and sisters of color, some of the presumption there is that to be a Christian means, you, of, of course, you're a Democrat, right? And, and you come to find out that neither of those is true. So there's that great line from, uh, from Dr. Tony Evans, right, that, that Jesus doesn't ride on the backs of donkeys or elephants, that he didn't come to take sides, but he came to take over. And there he is, Jesus, challenging both and saying, no, I'm not, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. I am the King of kings and Lord of lords, and I have a kingdom that's so much bigger than this, and it's going to challenge everybody and probably please nobody. <laughs> as far as, you know, Jesus didn't come to please us, so uh, he came to lead us. And, and so, uh, yeah, that, that heart, I think, is in there. Well... Let me ask you a question that's not on the script today. It just kind of hit me since we're unscripted. It is unscripted. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are unscripted. I mean, as church leaders, this mm-hmm. this has to come up, you know, for you at times with church members. I'm sure you've had people come to you and go, "Hey, who should I vote for this year? Who, which, which side should I be on? How, how do you guys handle that?" I tell them to email Rick. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Thank you for that. Well, and Gary, I know that's sensitive for you because you've shared with me one experience where you were in, you were new on a church staff, and that question came up, right? I'm over it, though. I'm you're good. over it. Yeah. I can tell you're <laughs> over it. Uh, and, but that question was actually answered from <laughs> that lead pastor told staff members how to vote. And uh, so I, I do not. I, uh, I will say, vote your conscience. But one of the things I encourage people is to vote uh, primarily under the lordship of Christ, to avoid identity politics. So uh, like when uh, I can remember one time when uh, there was a candidate, a primary candidate 
uh, who was black. And I was, that was actually my favorite candidate that I wish got the, the nomination. And I remember saying that I won't vote for him because he's black. People would, you know, like that would take them back. No, no, no. I won't vote for him because he's black. I'll vote for him because he's the best candidate. He just so happens that he's black. And so I don't want people voting for or against somebody based on race. I don't want somebody voting for or against somebody based on gender or any other kind of identity politics. But what I want to do as a believer is say, okay, under the lordship of Jesus Christ, what is, who is the best candidate to vote for? And that's what I want to direct me. So I don't want to tell people, hey, here's the name to check on that ballot, but here's how to be a good Christian voter. Yeah, and it's, and I've learned, uh, and it's a challenge, I think, especially, you know, being a pastor at, at a church like ours, where there is so many different views on this, you know, politics, different camps. And, and at times, like, I just had to guard myself of, even if I'm not, you know, giving like, yeah, you should vote for this person straight up. But I got to be careful the things I share online, the things, mm-hmm. even if I don't say a direct vote for this, you know, if I'm not careful sharing enough of something, we'll start to tip where I stand. And and I've had to learn, like I've, there's been times I've been really wanting to engage in politics, but as a pastor in, in our role, I just step back because I don't want to influence people a certain way. Because there are people that will say, well, our pastors said do this or vote for this person. So they'll just do it without thinking themselves or praying themselves. And so I've had to watch myself there and that's sometimes tough. And you two know, as a staff team, we talk about this about once every four years <laughs> <laughs> that, that we say, listen, going into a political season and, I, and also I'm imagining this podcast will probably come out. I mean, we're headed towards a November this year that there'll be a national election. And though sometimes our state and local elections might actually impact our lives more but our national elections actually grip the heart of the nation more and people get more angsty. And so I try to, to encourage the team, hey, just be aware. Like if you are out there saying this guy's an idiot and this guy's great and whatever, and if you're putting your opinion out there, people will therefore interpret that as the church's opinion. And therefore, we get enough of that, and therefore they say it is therefore a blank church. It's a Democratic church. It's a Republican church. They'll they'll assume a direction there, and they'll say, that's not my camp. Therefore, that church is not for me. And yet our primary commitment is not to a political party, but to a king. And, And so we do not want to hamper our ability to minister to people for Christ because we have unknowingly or unwittingly tied our church to a certain political persuasion. Yeah. Um, well, and, and when we talk about politics, and all, these are all really good things that people need to hear and really take in and hopefully apply. Um, but as we talk to our people about politics, regardless of what we say, there definitely is going to be sides. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> people that have um, their persuasions. So how do we help people not get divided and separated, especially as the body of Christ when it comes to this stuff? One of the, I read an article recently that talked about how so many issues are very nuanced. 
and we are not as comfortable with nuance anymore. So when we go to social media, we don't do nuance. We fire away from our obvious opinion that any person with half a brain should agree with me. And if you don't agree with me, you're an absolute idiot. And so let me give it to you in what is Twitter? 140 characters yeah, like or less, that, yeah. you know, 44, whatever. <laughs> um, so, so it's not given towards nuance where uh, when you take an issue, like let's say the immigration issue, immigration is a very complex, nuanced issue. And I think to have a very deep and informed position on it, there, there are some of my thoughts on it that will sound very Republican, and there are some of my thoughts that will sound very Democratic. And so it, it's nuanced, and we're just not given over to nuance. And so I think what, where I want to go with that is encourage people to not op- oversimplify issues, to realize that they, they exist for a long time because they're very complex. If they were that simple, we would have figured it out already. It would have been obvious to everyone. So they are nuanced, they're complex, which means I could still have a lot more to learn here than I have to teach. So I want to listen as much as I speak. I want to realize that I could have something wrong. And so I want to be one of those people where I'm kind of getting in that keyboard warrior mode with somebody online. I want to be the guy that's able to say, huh, you know what? You made a really good point there. I need to think about that. Now, let me ask you this. How often have you seen that said on social media? Huh, you made a really good point there. I need to think about that. Do you ever hear that? That's where I want our people to go, especially when it comes to politics, because this is not, as believers, we have to realize our primary allegiance is not to a political party. It is to our God. And therefore, I have to hold my political persuasion lightly. Yeah, I think as you even say that, Rick, what came to mind as you're talking about listening and, and, you know, not just wanting to go and just blast people online, it's... uh, it's, it takes work to engage. It takes mm-hmm. time. It takes intentionality. And I think that's where, you know, I, I love social media. I use it a lot. And, but that's the downside of it is it it's quick and I can just throw my opinion out, get your opinion. Okay. We disagree. And then you start arguing, but as Christ followers, like we understand the importance of community and relationships. And so we, we put in the time and work to have good dialogue with people. And that takes, that doesn't happen over keyboards and five minutes. That takes, spending time together and talking and hearing each right. other out and, and being humble and knowing like, yeah, I don't have all the answers and I want to hear you. And, and I think we're just, as a culture, we're, we're not willing to put in the hard work of sitting down and really dialoguing with one another because we mm-hmm. want it to be done quick and we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to do the hard work of engaging, but that's what we need to do. And you know what? As we engage, I think we have to remember that our tone matters. It's not just the, con- you know, it's, we were all taught in kindergarten. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. It's how you say it. So it's your, your tone matters. And I think our tone represents our Lord every time. Our content might be a political comment, but our tone represents our Lord. And so I want to, anytime I'm dialoguing over these things, and it's still a challenge for me because I get spicy myself at times, but I've got to keep in the back of my mind, wait a minute, I'm not just having a political discussion, I'm representing Jesus. 
and my tone represents. So I want the church, and by that I mean our local church, but also the church universal. I want the church to engage in any political debate in such a way that brings honor to Jesus. And that whether somebody agrees with us or disagrees with us on the political issue, they would come away from that going, wow, I, I'm drawn to his God. Or if it's a woman speaking, I'm drawn to her God. And I've encountered Democrats like that and Republicans like that, where I'm like, okay, that's a good person. I like that person. And then I've encountered people on both sides that I'm like, that person might be right, but I hate them. <laughs> you know, they, they turn me off is what I mean by that. And it, it repulses me. And I want the church to be winsome because here's the thing. Come November, either a Republican or Democrat will win. I know there could be a third party, in it, but it's very unlikely. And we will still be a messed up company. Excuse me, a messed up country. We will still be a mess. Five years from now, 10 years from now, does not matter which party went. Now, I have a political persuasion. I have a care. It's not that I don't care, but I do know I've been around. I'm coming up on 50 years now. I, I know enough to know that it's still going to be a mess. And our only hope is in our Lord. And my hope has to stay there. And therefore I have to represent his kingdom well and try to winsomely attract people there. And I can't do that by just poking people in the eye. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with tone too, I mean, as we, obviously we always think about our tone, like we're believers and the people outside of, you know, not walking with Jesus, how they view us. But I think even within our congregation, within our church, our tone matters. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's sad to think like there could be believers within our own church body that aren't in great relationship because their tone towards each other politically has been right. bad. And that's, you know, I think about where Jesus says, you know, people will know you're my disciples because your love for one another. And how often do people not see that love for each other because two Christians can't agree politically. So they're just, they're nasty to each other and their tone is terrible. And it's like, like we're, we're called to love each other, even if we have totally different political views and, and that's a witness to the world. And it's also a bad witness when we can't love each other just because we disagree on some political things. And you know, the, the, the keyboard warrior thing, it's because there's not a person there. I'm looking at a computer screen, not a person. And Austin, you had just said that we, to dialogue more, which face-to-face. -face so I would love it. I would absolutely love it if disciples of Jesus, when you go to put your fingers to the keyboard, if you would know that you are about to communicate with a brother or sister in Christ that is on the opposite side of the issue from you. So one of the things going on right now in our country is uh, the COVID-19 lockdown pandemic thing and coming out of that. And there is a diversity of opinions on how quickly should we open things back up. By and large, it tends to follow political lines. Uh, it's not a complete correlation, but by and large, it follows that. And we have people in our congregation that feel strongly on both sides of that. And I want them, when they take to social media, to imagine they are about to communicate with somebody in their community group, whether they realize it or not, that believes the opposite of what they believe. And that is a person that deserves dignity and grace and mercy and love and patience. And how can I right now communicate in such a way that loves them, lets them feel understood and valued, and winsomely tries to draw them? Or am I simply going to do the Rush Limbaugh thing? Now, what I mean by that is uh, 
whether or not Rush Limbaugh is correct in what he says, he presents it in such a way that will not winsomely win the other side. He is simply preaching to the choir, to those who already agree with him, and he's doing that wisely because he has a base that provides for him financially. Now, I know there are people on the liberal microphone as well that do the exact same thing, so no, no shade there. But am I going to be somebody who winsomely tries to attract people from the other side and engage with them, or am I going to be a person that just really is an echo chamber with the people that agree with me, meanwhile I'm giving the finger to those who disagree with me? I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I love what you guys are saying about um, the balance of things and how we kind of get to that balance, especially as believers and followers of Christ. It comes down to our allegiance. I've heard that, like, and our hope is in Christ, those things. Um, When I think about uh, Christians sometimes, I can see that they're passionate about certain things. And sometimes I go, are you more passionate Biblically or right. politically, you know, and, and and sometimes that that can that can veer towards the, poli- the political side if we're not careful. So, why don't you guys just kind of briefly talk about um, the impact? Uh, and you've you've kind of mentioned it, but the impact on our world as we really shine the light of Christ and to be passionate about Him and to be evangelistic about Him and not so much about politics. Yeah, I think you said it so well, Gary. I mean, it is, and I've seen this even in my own life about maybe not politics, but other things. I mean, I'm so passionate about certain things, but then I step back and think like, man, am I really pushing Jesus as hard as I push some of these Mm. other things I care about? You know, for me, it's might be sports, but in this, you know, this topic, politics and- Or Chick-fil-A. that's yeah, that yeah, guilty as charged. You are you are probably <laughs> brother. I gotta I gotta get you. You are probably more evangelistic about Chick Fil A and LeBron James than Jesus. No, that's an overstatement. I I, I retract the Chick Fil A one. Maybe you just, uh, lost, you just lost all the Canes people right now. It's well, like, you know it's okay to be wrong, people. Um, but so but that's a good point. I mean, we are so passionate about these things. At the end of the day. I mean, they matter. I mean, Chick-fil-A matters. But, I mean, politics, they matter. We don't ignore it. We have to engage. But at the end of the day, you know, Jesus is coming back. He's the king. You know, we're going to spend eternity with him. I mean, that's the stuff that matters. And I think for us, as we are tempted to be more engaged with other things and push that more than Jesus, I think some of it goes back to what we are putting ourselves, like immersing ourselves in most of the time. So what we're reading, I mean— we're spending, you know, half our day reading the news feeds and all the headlines and we barely pick up God's word. So there's, you're constantly feeding all your stuff or yourself with all this political stuff, but not feeding yourself with God's word. So of course, what do you mean more passionate about? The thing you're constantly putting in your brain. So I think that's a caution for all of us that, I mean, are we really putting ourselves in the spot where we're putting God's word in our heart, where we're spending time in Christian community, where it does overflow more than maybe politics or something else? And one of the interesting angles on this is that I think when people approach the political issue, they're approaching it from a position of fear, Democrat or Republican. You're, you're coming from a position of fear. I'm afraid that my country is going it's circling the drain. It's going down the crapper. And and if we let the other guy 
or the other woman, if we let them get in office, do you know what's going to happen? Can you just imagine? And so there's this fear going on. And I think one of the things that happens is that reveals where my hope is. If I live with a biblical grid, a biblical mindset that this place has been fallen since the Garden of Eden and it will be fallen until Christ comes back and it does not matter who's in power at the time. It's just, it's going to be bad. And my expectation as a Christian is that actually we should experience persecution. That I don't expect that we win the cultural war. 2,000 years of Christian history, it's actually a modern phenomenon in America that we're actually kind of in vogue and, and that's starting to go away and we're used to it being in vogue and now we're freaking out. But actually in 2,000 years of Christian history, I should be used to being persecuted, but it's okay and I have no fear. Why? Because I know the kingdom of God is not under threat. Right. I know Jesus is coming back. He's going to wrap this thing up. We're going home to glory. We're going to be okay here. And if I live with that biblical grid in mind, it relieves me of fear. And now I can engage in politics, not from a fear motivation. And, oh, no. But I can just relax and engage. But my, my, my understanding is that most people, including, unfortunately, disciples of Christ, come from a mentality of, if we don't get my person elected, the country will be destroyed and therefore life won't make sense. It's a fear motivation. Yeah, and it's, it's a revealer of belief too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, big time. It's what do I truly, truly believe and where is my hope? Great, great word. Uh, any, anything else you guys want to share before we kind of wrap up this, this light topic of politics today? You know, as, uh, as we come into this season, being in a political season, there'll be a national vote coming up for president, obviously. And I would just want my brothers and sisters in, in Christ to treat each other well, to treat those outside the body of Christ well, to realize the testimony of Christ, the winsomeness of Christianity is on the line every time we speak. To, to communicate with that in mind, and then to win graciously or lose graciously. And then to, we put our, we don't have an aisle in the church, like left, right, conservative, liberal. We don't have that in our church. And then we gather in worship of our common Lord because that's what matters most. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I, my heart with this topic and even as we talk today, I mean, it's, I want myself included, I want us to love Jesus above everything. I mean, I, we should love the freedom we have in our country. We should love some of the things that we are allowed, but, but gosh, at the end of the day, we love Jesus above all. He's the king. Great words, guys. And as we go off air, I'll ask you guys who I need to vote for this year. So <laughs> we'll, we'll do that off air. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, Thank you guys for handling this, this topic. I hope it's very helpful. And thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, do us a favor, sub subscribe to our podcast, follow us, share, share the link. We'd really appreciate that. And, and look for the next episode next month. Thanks again for listening to Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.